you were with us last week, uh, we were in Matthew chapter 5, talking about a very well-known part of uh, Scripture called the Beatitudes. It's the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, tonight, we're going to be back in the Sermon on the Mount, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting off in verse 25. We're going to be talking about a, a word that I know none of y'all struggle with, right? Worry. Yeah, right. I'm worried right now filming this video, so like I know that you're struggling with worry as well. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 as Jesus is talking about worry. So we're going to start off in verse 25. Y'all open your Bibles, Matthew 6 verse 25, and y'all read it with me, all right? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, and or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, are you a worrier? <laughs> Do you struggle with anxiety? Uh, in our current season of life, I know I have struggled with worry and doubt and fear and anxiety uh, now even more so than I've ever faced before. Uh, it's kind of hard not to worry, right? Uh, well, this, uh, this section of scripture tonight tells us not to worry. In Jesus' only, uh, his own words, tells us not to worry about today or tomorrow. Uh, and it's easier said than done, right? Uh, for, for you right now, I know that you're worried about school, whether or not you're going to get to go off to college in the fall, whether or not you're going to go back to the classroom and see your friends uh, in, in school here in a few short weeks. Parents, you're worried. What does that look like for your job? What does that look like for school, homeschool, in-person school? What do I do? Um, and I know there's a lot of things that are going on right now and that can easily stoke up your anxiety, your fears, uh, your worries on so many different levels. But Jesus tells us we don't have to worry. He tells us not to worry about today or even tomorrow. But why? Well, the first thing I see tonight in our passage uh, is that even the birds and the flowers get God's provision even the birds and the flowers get God's provision. Jesus opens this part of the passage uh, saying, why are you worried about what you're going to eat or drink? Uh, and he paints this picture of birds in the field. Like, think about a bird. What does a bird do? It just flies around all day. It eats, it goes to sleep, and it flies around some more. Like, it doesn't produce anything. Uh, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't preserve anything. It just eats and takes uh, and then flies around. And yet God continually feeds even the birds that are flying around. And he says, how more valuable than a bird are you in the eyes of God, his child? He, God calls us his own children, co-heirs with Christ. We are children of God when we accept his salvation. And so how much more are you important to God than even the birds that are flying around? Of course he's going to provide for you. Of course he's going to protect you. He also talks about a flower. 
Uh, he says uh, that why, you know, if a God dresses a flower and, and the color and the beauty uh, that he does and he gives it sunlight and he gives it water so that it can grow and says even Solomon, the most rich and wisest guy in the entire Bible uh, was not as blessed or as dressed as awesome as the flowers of the field. How much more uh, is God going to provide for you, is going to take care of you, is going to watch over you uh, because you are that much more important than a flower that does nothing. It looks pretty, obviously, but it does nothing. But you are a child of God. Of course, he's going to provide for you. See, the reason tonight that we don't have to worry about tomorrow is because of how deeply our God loves us. You know, Jesus wants us to see and understand that we are important to God, right? And I think sometimes we often forget that. I know I've struggled with that. We see all the things that Jesus tells us to do. We, we look at the Bible as this giant rule book of things that we're supposed to follow. And we hear over and over and over again that we aren't the focal point of our life, that Jesus is. And so we're kind of not really important. We're not the priority. We kind of forget how important we really are to God. Um, he loves you so incredibly deeply that he sent his only son to die for you. How important is that? Jesus, God's only son, was sent to earth to die for you so that you could accept God's salvation, that you could be a part of what God is doing here on this earth, and that you can spend eternity with God. That's importance, right? How important are you that God sent his only son to die for you, to save you, to bring you back to him? And if we're that loved and we're that important to God that he would send Jesus just on our behalf, Man, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry about because God is always going to be with us. And the second thing I see in our passage tonight uh, is that God knows what you need, right? God knows your needs. Uh, you know, I think one of the coolest parts about our passage tonight is in verse 32. If you go back to verse 32, it says, God knows that you need these things. You see, we are important to God. He loves you deeply, and he knows exactly what we need. You know, he knows that you need a roof over your head. He knows that you need food in your belly uh, so that you don't go hungry. He knows that you need uh, a t-shirt on your back, uh, t-shirt on your back, there you go, t-shirt on your back or a face mask over your face nowadays. Uh, he knows that you need all of those things, but he also knows when you need somebody to listen to you. He knows when you need somebody to pray for you. He knows when you're scared. He knows all the things that are pulling you away from his will. He knows when you are tempted. He knows when you need someone to come alongside you and encourage you and build you up. He knows when you need a text message from a friend or a parent. He knows when you need uh, a specific song uh, to play on Spotify so that it reminds you of his goodness, you know? And if we're that important, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear because God knows what you need. Your needs are important to him. He knew that you and I needed a savior and he sent Jesus and he'll provide for everything that you need along the way. And God knows what you need. He knows what you truly need. Uh, he knows that when what we need and what we're asking for don't always line up, 
you know, right? Uh, my, one of my first jobs in, in church ministry was actually working in check, church technology. Uh, and one of my responsibilities was to learn how to operate a soundboard and, uh, and run the audio for a church service. Uh, and, and you've seen uh, musicians on stage, they're usually wearing like uh, really nice headphones. Uh, they're called in-ear monitors. And what that is, uh, is they, it plays a track of the song or it plays a metronome so that you can keep beat. Like, this is how fast the song goes, stay with the beat. Uh, and that's playing in their ears. Uh, usually when they're leading worship so that they can keep on track with the song that they're leading. Uh, and so one of my jobs was to adjust the levels in their ears, turn up the volume essentially uh, for different instruments or different microphones uh, or that metronome or that track in their ears. And it never failed, N never, ever failed. Every single time uh, somebody would always, every single musician, every single singer would look at me and say, I need to hear myself more. I need you to turn up my guitar. I need you to turn up my microphone. I need you to crank it up louder because I can't hear myself. And it never failed. Every single time, that was always their request. I need to hear myself more. I need you to turn up my channels. I need you to turn up my instrument, my microphone. I need to hear it more. I need you to turn it up. And never failed. Most of the time when they would ask for that, their volume would always be at the top already. So on a zero to 10 scale, they would already be at a 10 every single time. I need to hear more of myself. I need you to turn me up. And, like, and I would always have to explain, hey, you're already turned all the way up. You see, what they needed, they needed to hear themselves more. But what they were asking for didn't necessarily line up with what they needed. They needed to hear themselves more and they asked for me to turn themselves up. But what they actually needed, what they really needed, it was for me to turn everything else down. You see, they couldn't hear themselves because they had all the other guitars and the drums and the keyboard and all the other singers turned up way too high in their ears so that they couldn't hear themselves. And so what they wanted and what they needed were actually two different things. They needed everything else to come down, but they wanted to hear themselves more. And, they had, and it was always a struggle to get them to realize that that was the case. Um, but it was always a, con it was a continual juggling act to convince them uh, that what you needed is not yourself turned up, but you needed everything else turned down. And for us, the same is true for us with God. Uh, we often know what we want. We're asking for these things. We're desper desperately seeking, thinking that we need certain things in our life. But God knows what we really need. He knows that when, when we need to turn everything else down um, so that we can hear him and his voice more in our life. He knows when what we need and what we want uh, don't line up. And he knows how to answer our prayers and uh, help us to see our true needs, uh, help us to see his true provision in our life. Uh, and time and time again, I've seen God do that. I've seen him tangibly answer prayers uh, with answers that are way better than anything I have ever asked for, than anything that I have ever said, God, this is what I want. He knows what I needed, and what I needed was always, always better than what I asked for or what I thought I wanted. And so the last thing I see in our passage tonight uh, is that it says, seek the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. Verse 33 tells us, seek God first, and everything will work itself out. Everything else will work itself out when you seek God first. Remember, God knows what we need and that we are important to him, uh, and meeting our needs is important to him. 
And if that's the case, we don't have to chase after uh, the things of this world. We don't have to worry about uh, whether or not we're going to be provided for or the things that we need or want. Uh, we only have to seek after God. You know, we have to spend time with God in the Bible. We have to pray uh, and talk to God often. Uh, we have to learn more about God. We have to share the message of Jesus with the people around us. We have to seek the kingdom of God above everything else. We have to put God as our number one priority. And then when we do that, when we put God first, we'll be able to stay in God's will for our lives and we'll be able to see his provision when it happens. You know, verse 34 tells us that not to worry about tomorrow. It says today has enough troubles of its own. I, I, I know that's right. I know y'all know that's right, right? Today has enough troubles of its own, so don't worry about tomorrow. You know, every day we walk through, um, there's so much. There's so many things constantly trying uh, to pull us away from God, right? There's so many things trying to pull us away from God. And the thing that you should be focused on is not the fear or the anxiety uh, that tend to constantly creep up in our life these days. Uh, the thing that we should focus on is God, right? The thing we should focus on is God. We should focus on Jesus. We should focus on the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And when we do that, anxiety and worry and fear and all those things that tend to creep up and, and tell us that, uh, you know, we should be freaked out right now. Um, they, they go away because God's love and God's grace, God's provision and goodness take over our heart. It takes over our mind and we stop worrying about tomorrow. We stop uh, being afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow and we start living in God's presence. We start living in God's goodness today. You know, we know how deeply that Jesus loves us and if he's willing to give up his own life for you, uh, he's willing to give the ultimate gift for you, of course he's going to take care of you. Of course he's going to provide for you. Of course he's going to watch over and, and take care of everything else in your life. Don't ever forget, this is why we talk about it every single week, don't ever forget God's goodness in your life. God loves you. God, you're important to God. Your needs are important to God, and he will always, always meet those needs.